time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of health care each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm uh, Deborah Ray. Well, it's pupils at a city middle school in Maine will be able to get birth control patches and pills at their student health center after the local school board approved the proposal this week. Wonder what those parents (laughs) are saying right now. It's our regular focus each and every week this t- during this time, all about science-based nutrient supplementation. And we are joined today by one of the top research scientists, clinicians, educators, and authors in science-based nutrient supplementation. He's Dr. Luke Bucci, who joins us today. We're continuing our series on women's health, focusing on gender-specific nutrients. We'll talk about MSM, SAMI, and melatonin as that relates to women's health and as always open up the phone lines for your questions at 1-800-307-3002 right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. Well, we know, we in fact we've talked about it at quite some length that there is a link between uh, dental health and total body health, specifically uh, dental health, the gum disease known to be now a chronic inflammatory and infectious process linked to premature births, to dementia, as well as to heart disease. New pieces of the puzzle now unfolding thanks to the Nunn study at the University of Kentucky. They teased out this information, actually uh, published it in the Journal of the American Dental Association, finding that there is a link between tooth loss and the development of late-life dementia. They found that uh, at the time of the first cognitive exam, taking a look at nuns' dementia, because much of this study has focused on aging and Alzheimer's among Catholic uh, sisters uh, there at a, a local school, those uh, who had either lost their teeth or had fewer than nine teeth had a much larger increased risk of becoming demented later in life compared to those who had ten or more teeth. And, of course, uh, tooth loss is related to the inflammatory process, which uh, you know speaks to some of the research of Dr. Lorraine Meisner at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, we talked about it several years ago when it came to light that a physician had very loose teeth. In fact, he was told, you've got some problems with your gum, frank gum disease, and you're going to lose these teeth. We're going to have to pull them. Well, he was adamant that he wasn't going to have the teeth pulled. And uh, what he did was uh, work with Dr. Meisner to take a look at a vitamin C tooth powder that included glucosamine uh, that actually reversed his gum disease. Um, He never had to have the tooth pulled. So it gives rise to uh, some very interesting information because we know that the gum tissue is rich 
in nutrients like vitamin C, coenzyme Q10 makes a difference as well, with tooth loss now found to predict later life dementia. Well, it is um, kind of under the surface, although it is becoming much more widespread. Parents who are concerned about making informed decisions about their children's immunization. When you and I went to school, it was a handful of vaccinations. Now it numbers in the 20s, and it's only going up. A small but growing number of people around the country are claiming religious exemptions to avoid vaccinating their children in particular, uh, some of the vaccines that are known to be stabilized with uh, thimerosal, a, a mercury a preservative or um, aluminum, are opting out of vaccination. And why uh, one of the well-known experts, in fact, we point to the site, uh, which is the Center for Vaccine uh, Safety. Uh, their website is 909shot.com. You can reach them at 1-800-909-SHOT. The executive director of this center, Barbara Lowe Fisher, is uh, very adamant that she's telling people don't buy, um, but worked to get the rules changed. Because why should parents have to re- resort to a religious exemption when ultimately... Shouldn't the parents have the right to determine what uh, health uh, course of action is best for their children? You know, there's a growing body of evidence to suggest that um, the medical profession, social services steps in when it comes to our children's health. And I, for one, don't think that necessarily always a good step. They are now seeing increases in the rate of religious exemptions claim for kindergartners in a review of the state's vaccination records. Well, we know it's widespread. In fact, one in three Americans says it affects their ability to do their job. Better than one in four Americans will have some form of joint dysfunction in their lifetime, inflammation, uh, pain from that joint inflammation. And now Danish researchers have done a meta-analysis of uh, some six studies involving 800 patients suggesting that doing stretching and aerobic workouts in warm water help to not only to relieve pain and inflammation, but improve daily function of people who had both knee and hip osteoarthritis. The uh, unfolding invitation, uh, education that activity does make a difference. Used to be, <laughs> you know, you were told, oh, just take it easy. Now we know that if you don't exercise, you're not likely to get those joints feeling better anytime soon. Well, it really tickled my fancy. Research scientist from the University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, that's my dad's alma mater, studies in four to five-year-olds found that children whose parents reacted with levels of support to their children's emotional uh, setbacks actually handled conflict better than those parents who stepped in trying to protect their children from the daily uh, trials and troubles of, of normal human experience. 
that moms and dads who offer lots of supports and reassurance when their children express negative emotions are not actually doing them a favor. That that um, traditionally British model, but of course it was such a part of the fabric of the you know the consciousness of this country that Yankee ingenuity that that know-how that we could pull up our socks be better uh, after we were 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 stressed challenged by those adversities with the revelation now that we uh, many people say it coddle our our young teach them that oh my goodness you know you've got social anxiety what we used to call shyness we can give you a pill for that. And now, uh, recently published research indicating that too much support can hamper a child's development. That negative emotions, you don't all, you don't actually have to have a lot of support and reassurance from your, your, your parents. You can actually learn from these challenges because too much support can actually hamper your child's development. Well, <laughs> in wake of what was on the front pages of the newspapers around the country this week, and of course that was the recall by Medtronic of implantable implantable defibrillator wires that were known to be at great risk of fracture. Now the Food and Drug Administration, according to today's New York Times, is set to require more extensive tests of these critical heart device components. And they're also going to be taking a look at whether or not the these failures can help them design better tests. We have questions about the approval process of some of these medical devices. And well, we should, <laughs> because... We find in at least two recent cases that the Food and Drug Administration knew long before doctors and the public knew about the failure of these medical devices. And so many people at their wit's end these days, do they go in and get the wires replaced? Do they get the, uh, you know, the implantable device uh, defibrillator replaced? Do they wait until there's a failure? Uh, what to do with tests of heart devices to get a Food and Drug Administration review and the product's flaw raising questions about the entire medical device approval process by our Food and Drug Administration. Gender difference in nutrients will bring Dr. Luke Bucci uh, to us today at the bottom of the hour, 800-307-3002. The most affordable health insurance on earth. Healthy Talk Radio. A regular weekly focus each and every week during this time on science-based nutrient supplementation. We're in the midst of a series focusing on women's health. Dr. Luke Bucci will join us in just a few moments to talk about gender difference in supplements from MSM to SAMI, S-adenosomethionine, to, to uh, melatonin. He always, I mean, I always learn things when he's here. He's so bright when it comes to the research, the clinical practice of science-based nutrient, orthomolecular supplementation. Well, this is no, nothing short of, of intriguing because there's an unfolding body of evidence to suggest that because we live in a world of 
slapping cell phones up against our ears, um, always working on on a BlackBerry or PDA in Wi-Fi environments, that we are perhaps forever changing our body's chemistry as well as um, uh, insects and what's happening in nature as well. Now, Assistant Professor of Neurology at the Uniform Services University in Maryland, who took a look at the uh, phenomenon of phantom limb pain, somebody who is an amputee who swears that they can still feel uh, pain or sensation in that, for example, that leg that has been amputated, that they are now finding at uh, New York University School of Medicine with some research there that people who <laughs> always are tuned to cell phones and uh, Blackberries and PDAs actually think that the, uh, the technology is vibrating or ringing when it's not. And it's not that it's, you know, it's something that, that you're imagining. According to Dr. Barr at New York University School of Medicine, if you use your cell phone a lot, it becomes part of you. You become habituated to it. That uh, you may report feeling vibrations when your phone is, in essence, silent. That there's a part of the brain affected called the somatosensory cortex containing nerves that process information related to touch. For example, if someone touches your hand, nerves in the area of the uh, somatosensory uh, cortex are activated, you actually feel your hand being touched. Well, what we now know is um, that after losing a limb, the neurons that control movement are still present in the brain. <laughs> so it's this orderly organization, a body in the cortex of the brain, uh, that these cell phones enter the neuromatrix of the body. According to Dr. Barr from New York uh, University School of Medicine, they become appendages. So if you leave your cell phone at home, it's not present, but you feel as though it was. Interesting information that, after all, we are... Uh, beings of energy in the long run. Well, it's certainly a sign of the times. We were talking earlier about the Food and Drug Administration potentially reviewing the way by which they take a look at medical devices, the approval process, as well as the process when they hear of failures of medical devices. And certainly a sign of the time with the Boston Scientific announcing just this week they're going to lay off 13% of their workforce by the end of 2008. Are we seeing a diminished use of some of these medical devices like stents and and implantable defibrillators with the public much more savvy thanks to the Internet, thanks to that explosion of information, that all of these procedures not only have benefits but have risk And for you, it's important that you determine, do the risk outweigh the benefits? And, of course, the long-term questions now being asked with patients who have these implanted stents or implantable defibrillators, what do we know about long-term health? Not good news with Boston Scientific uh, shares falling. They're laying off 13% of their workforce. Well, it's an interesting Fat, a fat derived from dairy, 
and now the first study to report on the effects of this fat, conjugated linoleic acid, CLA, in skim milk, showed, quote, a significant reduction of body fat in overweight subjects, that there has been uh, several double-blind placebo-controlled studies indicating that supplementation with CLA results in weight loss. Now they're showing a significant reduction in body fat mass in overweight people who volunteered to take skim milk fortified with CLA. And of course, it's all part of the process that our body needs certain fats to function. That low fat or no fat is not necessarily healthy. In fact, if you take a look at the work of Dr. Carol Locke, a psychiatrist and her husband, uh, Dr. Andrew Stoll from McLean uh, Hospital in Boston. He is a Harvard professor in psychiatry. The growing body of evidence to suggest that 90% of us are fatty acid deficient, one of many reasons that we suffer skyrocketing rates of bipolar depression as well as depression in this country uh, thanks to... Um, our skewed views about what is healthy fat in our diet. Well, it's an executive from Google this week. Why are we talking about Google? They believe that they can apply some of their groundbreaking web search technology to health information problems in order to solve the health record dilemma that we know that thanks to all these pieces of paper, we have challenges in healthcare. Often the test results aren't there, or somebody else's test results are, are there instead. And uh, perhaps you're in another state and need medical attention, and then where are your medical records? Google has a health business. They're trying to uh, figure out how to create transportable personal health records to, one, keep them private, but, two, allow a better management of the data. Google working to solve the health record dilemma. Well, they say it's um, not the solution for back pain. Soul insoles. Israeli researchers did a double-blind placebo-controlled study with either sham insoles or insoles that have been designed to rebalance how their body distributes weights, customized insoles to either treat or prevent back pain. They found no evidence that that shoe insoles either prevent or ease back pain. But I have to tell you, I know of any number of people myself included, who once I started to work trade shows on a regular basis, that standing on concrete floors for 10 hours at a time, it did result in a pretty achy back by the end of of a long day. And when I started to use some of these insoles, it made, it just, it was made a tremendous difference. I suspect this is one of these areas because we all have unique, um, Structures in terms of how we carry our weight. I mean, just look at the soles of your shoes. Do you, do you wear them evenly? Do you tend to wear a little bit more on the outside on the left or the outside on the right? 
because that is so individual. How can we really uh, say in, uh, in, in studies using sham insoles that they're of no help for people with back pain when obviously for some people they make a world of difference. We're going to return. It's our regular weekly focus on science-based nutrient supplementation. Women's health is the series in which we find ourselves with Dr. Luke Bucci as our guide today to talk about gender differences in nutrients. We entertain your questions about nutrient supplementation at 1-800-307-3002. We'll focus in on MSM, SAMI, and melatonin. With Dr. Luke Bucci as our guide today, our line's open to invite you to join us. Your nutrient questions on Healthy Talk Radio. The information presented on Healthy Talk Radio is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but hey, how much do they know about medicine anyway? This segment with Dr. Luke Bucci is being sponsored by SHIF, the brand consumers have trusted for 70 years and the maker of SHIF Omega-3 fish oil. In the midst of a series on science-based nutrient uh, supplementation focused on women's health, our guide uh, is the well-known research scientist, educator, author, clinician in the field of clinical nutrition, Dr. Luke Bucci, who uh, joins us today. Um, And I think I have... I have to have one question for him with with all the news out today talking about the gender difference when it comes to aspirin. Did you order up that study just to, just in in, uh, in honor of today, Luke? Oh, I, oh I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was, but uh that's actually been suspected for quite a while and I think it does relate to uh, estrogen versus testosterone that kind of issue all over again. So when we take a look at at nutrients, you chose a couple of nutrients um, uh, under the entire guise of of, uh, gender differences when it comes to nutrient supplementation. Give us your insight in this arena, Luke. Well, I I did not really realize this, but if you just think about it and listen to what you see, hear from other people, uh, sleep and mood, we know are linked. But I did not understand or realize that uh, women are are twice as more likely to have insomnia, I mean, real insomnia or sleep problems than men. And that's been verified over and over in a study that included more than a million women over four continents. I mean, it's definite. Uh, But, you know, you start to look around and listen, and by golly, there's lots of sleep problems with women in general. And it doesn't matter what age. Uh, there's sleep problems associated with PMS. That's normal, so everybody just thinks it's normal, but it is affecting sleep. Uh, around menopause, when estrogen levels fluctuate, that uh, not only can hot flashes themselves interfere with sleep, but just the lack of estrogen or changing estrogen causes all sorts of sleep disturbances. And uh, the, the uh, most common group of people that have poor sleep patterns and insomnia are older women. And, of course, we don't even need to talk about the, what's going on in pregnancy and nursing and postpartum right after the baby's born. I mean, that's just uh, classic problems with sleep. Everybody's uh, prepared for it, well set for it, but it still happens. So, uh, I, And as we all know, 
Uh, if you have problems with sleep, you have problems with life. Uh, and, of course, study after study shows reduced quality of life, less job performance, less daily activities, worse relationship with family and friends, and uh, more eating to compensate for. And there's your link to overweight and obesity, and even more drugs of abuse are, are used. So uh, it, it's rampant. Uh, I didn't realize it was that big. Isn't that intriguing? <laughs> uh, but there is a way to help out, and that's uh-huh. <laughs> why uh, I guess I'm here. And I, I'm going go, going to go back to good old melatonin. That's just uh, something that I think had its day in the sun and then has been misunderstood, but I hate to call it a sleeper because <laughs> that's what it does is help sleep, but I guess it is. So I'd like to revisit the whole thing about melatonin helping sleep. It really, I think, is the right answer. So when it comes to using melatonin, though, I I find that so many people think it's only jet lag. So give us an overview where we are in terms of of clinical evidence, uh, you know, um, either clinical uh, practice or research behind melatonin and sleep, Luke. Well, everybody thinks it's a, a hormone, and thats I don't think that's quite accurate. I mean, sure, it has effects like other compounds or labeled hormones, but what it is is your body's signal for it's nighttime you need to go to sleep. It's not a hypnotic, which is a, a, a sleep-inducing compound, so it's not going to knock you out. But what it's going to do is tell your body, look, it's time to go to sleep, lower your body temperature a wee bit so that your body knows it's time. And uh, that's that's a subtle sleep signal. So you do get drowsy when you take melatonin about an hour before or right before your normal bedtime, wherever that is, and that's why it works for jet lag. It tells your body, hey, time to go to sleep, shut down, go night-night. And the nice thing about it is there are a lot of studies a lot of studies. Uh, actually, the melatonin studies in women have been well represented, and it does actually have reproducible effects on getting to sleep quicker by 10, 15, 20 minutes, depending upon how long it takes you to go to sleep. So it cuts that time in half. It, uh, and the average, it prevents people from waking up in the middle of the night which has been hard to get to go back to sleep. Right. And uh, more importantly, though, you wake up more rested, more refreshed, and that's been linked to better mood. So in the past, melatonin used to be called, well, it has antidepressant properties, but no, it doesn't. It just If you sleep better, you're in a better mood. It's that simple. Uh, then then um, I think melatonin got into so many other things as an anti-aging compound that the sleep message got lost. Uh, but I think the bottom line is that all the uh, all these other aspects of melatonin came out because of improving sleep, and that's what was uh, driving the anti-aging and uh, preventing all sorts of chronic degenerative conditions. But really, it all boils down to better sleep. So when it comes to, to melatonin supplementation, um, do we need to take a look at the particular forms? Does the dosage matter, Luke? Well, the dosage is, is doesn't really matter. If you take anywhere from 1 or 0.1 to 5 milligrams before bedtime, they all work pretty much equally well. 
Uh, most products contain one or three milligrams, so that's good. I like the uh, little bit higher doses because uh, melatonin is a potent antioxidant, and some of these other benefits in preventing chronic degenerative diseases are seen at the higher dosages. So I like a three milligram dose versus a one, but the one will work fine for sleep. Uh, what's interesting is you don't want a time release form because uh, that that means you'll be getting melatonin into your system when you wake up, and and that's not the right signal. It's supposed to be, boom, one big whack right before you go to bed. That's how it works when you're young and healthy and sleep like a baby, literally. And uh, that's what you want to do. You want to have one big peak right before you go to bed, and that's good. That's all you need. Uh, interestingly, melatonin is both fat and water-soluble, so it gets into every nook and cranny of every cell, and that's why... It's a good antioxidant. It's everywhere. Plus, when it takes the hit from a free radical, it turns into compounds that are not uh, nasty or not another free radical itself, and they're easily disposed of. So uh, that's that's what I've noticed about it. And, and one other thing, a lot of people start melatonin, and then they say, oh, no, I have nightmares. It gives me nightmares. I can't take it. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, melatonin doesn't give nightmares. Uh, the people themselves have nightmares. What they're getting is dream recall. And if you are uh, healthy, you should remember your dreams when you wake up in the morning. You should have very vivid, colorful dreams. And melatonin is, uh, that's actually a sign melatonin is working to help sleep because, uh, you are recalling your dreams. Now, of course, melatonin does not control the content of your dreams. That's up to you. So if you're getting nightmares, just stick with it um, and think happy thoughts, and I think that will get better. But that's not too many people, fortunately. Excellent. Now, uh, for women whose, who's, you know, whose sleep problems that they peg to, to menopause, is, can melatonin be used in, in these situations as well, Luke? Yes, it can. It's not going to stop Things like hot flashes or temperature fluctuations, which is what causes a lot of waking up in the middle of the night. It, it won't stop that, but what sleep you do get is better. And it, it does make a difference in that. There have been a couple of studies on that. Uh, so the sleep parameters that are measured are better off with melatonin, but you're still going to have, uh, if you're still going to have hot flashes or get uh, night sweats, that's still going to wake you up. But at least melatonin lets you have better sleep while you're getting it. Excellent, indeed. Well, speaking of mood, um, I know it has so many aspects of, of functions on, on optimal health, including liver health, but uh, many of us think of SAMI not only in terms of pain, of liver health, but mood as well. What about the gender difference when it comes to methionine, Luke? Well, there's... It's it's not so much that Sammy has a... I, I think Sammy has some control aspects from estrogen. So obviously when you have less estrogen, uh, your your Sammy system is not working quite as well. And uh, I think that's probably one factor associated with joint problems uh, in older women. And as we know, uh, there are more joint problems in women than men in general. But there's also more depression in, in women than men, and it, it's, again, a, a 2x more, twice as much depression in women than men. I didn't know it was that bad either. Be, uh, being a, a male, that's uh, something we just don't worry about. You know, you know, big men, men don't cry, that sort of thing. But uh, women over their lifetime have a, a one in five chance of getting, uh, what, diagnosed with depression, medically diagnosed, not just feeling depressed. I mean, we all get that time to time, but actually really, really being depressed. 
and it's not just uh, premenstrual syndrome. It's just any time uh, throughout a lifetime. And when women do get depressed, it's it's more severe, and there's more anxiety, and a lot of overeating is associated with that. More migraines, and uh, it lasts longer. And if it goes, if it gets better fixed, it comes back sooner or, or worse for women. So uh, that's that's another thing that I think nutritional supplementation can help with, and that, and that's where Sammy enters the picture. Now, there was, of course, a, a lot of information out there about SAMI that we needed to, to, uh, to, to take notice of in terms of, uh, you know, the stability of the product did make a difference. Where are we right now in terms of SAMI supplementation, Luke? Well, that turned out to be a lot better than it looked. Uh, there, there were some issues very early on when SAMI was introduced. But actually, uh, here at SHIFT, we've done real-time stability studies for over six years now, and we're not seeing a stability problem. Uh, so you don't have to go to blister packing. Uh, but it also depends on how you make the tablet, so I can't say that just any product is going to be okay. But uh, I know that ours will be stable in the way that it's packaged. Uh, if you do see it in a blister pack, then that's a very good indication it'll be stable. But really, that's less of an issue than it, than it was before. I think the whole industry is going to pretty much one of two forms of SAMI that are quite stable. And uh, as long as you don't expose them to a lot of moisture and heat, which happens sometimes when you keep opening the same bottle over and over and put it in, in a, a very humid condition that's hot, uh, you're going to be okay with Sammy stability. That's the good news. So uh, a dosage uh, with, with Sammy, what, what are the studies? What does what uh, your, well, your clinical experience teach us? Oh, you know, I think there's a disconnect there. It's so expensive that the pills are 200 milligrams each, okay. but... If you look at the studies, they start people that are ready to commit suicide with 1,600 wow. milligrams a day. And That's a in a big week, difference. they're happy. <laughs> <laughs> in, in fact, some of these studies, I think, are really funny because they, they, um, they have to report that they had dropouts because the people felt so good, they ran away from the hospital. They took off. And that's, that's obviously a, a success, but it sure messes up your statistics when they drop out because they got better. <laughs> Usually you drop out because you get worse. This is one of the few instances where you have dropouts because you do so well. You say, I'm out of the study. I'm fine. Leave me alone. And, and that's the power of SAMe. But after a week, most studies have dropped down to 400 milligrams a day, and that's been maintained for um, weeks and months and appears to keep... Uh, people extremely happy and in a very good mood. I think in the real world, most people are not that depressed. You're not hospitalized depressed. So if you're needing a mood lift, 200 milligrams for one pill a day works for most. If that isn't working, just go up until you find the right dose. It will be costly, though, because FAMI is just a complicated molecule to make, and it has to be stabilized, so that means it is going to be costly. But it's safe, and it does help your joints and liver out. It also helps your brain out and, and can do many other things uh, just to help health in general. But really, that that's its, its primary noticeable function is just improving mood, and it's doing it safely with, without resorting to compounds 
completely foreign to the body. Now, for women listening to you, uh, Luke, who, uh, for example, only notice that they have uh, maybe even mood swings or feeling a little more down uh, during times of like like PMS, could they use a a supplement like Sammy during those times as well? You know, Sammy takes about three to four days to work, okay. so it, it might might be a little off in the timing. If you take it regularly, then it probably would help. Uh-huh. But I, I think the sleep is the bigger issue to fix. First, so it's a lot less expensive to try out melatonin. It's very inexpensive, actually. So try out the sleep thing first, because melatonin literally does work overnight. It, it works first time every time, so to speak. So that's what I would do first. And if that's still not working, then go ahead and use Sammy, because it might mean that your body needs more methyl groups to fix some neurotransmitters. Luke, hold that thought. We'll pick it up when we return with Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today on Healthy Talk Radio. No security check needed. Just come right in. It's time for more Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Dr. Luke Bucci, our guide, he is on a regular basis to science-based nutrient supplementation in the midst of a series on women's health today, gender difference in supplements. We've talked about melatonin and sleep, uh, Sammy and mood. Let's say hello and welcome to Kathy. You're on the air with Dr. Luke Bucci, Kathy. Hi, good morning, Deborah and Dr. Bucci. I have a question about Sammy being used with Pharmagappa, and I also take a Serenity formula that has ashwagandha, I can't say it, ashwagandha and uh-huh. uh, rhodiola and lavender in it. Would Sammy be beneficial for me to help with anxiety to be added to that, or would that be overkill? Okay, that's a good question. Let me see. Obviously, you want to check with your physician about any possible interactions with uh, any medications. But uh, remember that SAMe is always in the body, normally in the body, and uh, you literally can't live without it. So, uh, so far, SAMe hasn't really shown to interfere with medications, but uh, its effects are as good as a lot of medications. So you want to monitor how you're doing. It's it's more, it hasn't really been studied for anxiety specifically, but those measurements do go down in the studies. So I think it would be worth a try. If you're not happy with how you're doing uh, with your current uh, regimen, then, yes, SAMI is definitely worth a try. In place of? Uh, in place of the um, Don't take them all strength. together, in other words, to try something uh, on I its own? I think so. I think you can take them all together, yes. Oh, you think I can take them all together. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Sammy is always there. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kathy, for joining us today. And speaking of taking it all together, I know you know any number of people who have added uh, uh, MSM to their uh, joint nutrients who say that it makes an added difference in terms of inflammation. What about women's health, Luke? Well, that's an interesting observation because we, we've found that uh, women are buying the, more of the joint products that contain MSM then that don't. So I think they're noticing more of a difference with these products. And I think that is a gender difference because of how sulfur is metabolized in the body. And I think that does go back again to uh, uh, estrogen and a lack thereof. Less estrogen means you're just not making as much SAMe, for example, which comes from sulfur compounds. And MSM is probably one of the better ways to get sulfur into your body so it can be used if needed, so you don't have a chance or potential for overloading on sulfur, but it can be converted as needed, and that's the nice thing about it. 
Uh, also, the fact that it's found in uh, rainwater and just about every raw food. You're going to have to write a book about uh, gender differences in nutrients. That's interesting, Luke. Oh, I've already been asked to, but I just don't have a chance. <laughs> no, I know, <laughs> in your spare time, for sure. Always a pleasure. Great information. Thank you, Luke. You're very welcome, Deborah. Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today. His hat on as Vice President of Research for Shift Nutrition. We're talking about women's health. I'm Deborah A. reminding you, live long, stay healthy.